This program is brought to you from Wisconsin Eyes Margaret Farrow Studio. Hello and welcome to Newsmakers. I'm your host, Lisa Pugh. Legislators are gearing up for a holiday break. That means legislative leaders now have time to reflect on what has been a busy year in the state capitol. 2023 started out with routine budget negotiations, was marked by some major bipartisan deals, and is rounding out with a little heartburn over diversity, equity, and inclusion. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has been at the center of all of those discussions. Mm, He's here to share his end of year thoughts. Well, good to see you, Lisa. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks very much. Thanks for being here. I always love it. So, uh, 2024 will be your 20th year in elected office here. That's a long time. So, what, uh, what, when you look back at this last year, how does it compare? to your prior years? You know, I I think, first of all, if I look at 2023, there's a lot that we should be proud of. Um, You know, the things that um, nobody thought would ever happen, finding a deal on shared revenue. We started talking about that last summer, uh, or the summer before last. Um, That was groundbreaking. Um, Having the bailout for Milwaukee, finding a way to kind of give them some fiscal stability in exchange for a whole lot of reforms that had to happen. Uh, We had a housing package, which allowed us to invest, hopefully um, matching with the private sector, more money in housing that we need all across the state. Uh, We did um, a very important bill on literacy. That's probably one of my biggest uh, things that I'm proud of. We know that if kids don't read at a, uh, if they don't read at a third grade reading reading level, that uh, they're much less likely to graduate from high school and also to be successful in life. Um, We were able to do some election reforms. We did constitutional amendments. Uh, We did the alcohol bill. We did a bill on um, ensuring that we have the Brewers Day in Wisconsin. I mean, so much that happened. Sometimes you look back and think, how did we get it all done? There were there were some things that didn't make it across the finish line. Point, that yeah. generational tax reform was yep. something that, with that big surplus, everyone hoped for. If you could point to the biggest accomplishment that you point to as as being you know part of your caucus, mm-hmm. what do you think that is? Well, I do agree on the tax reform. Um, that really disappointed me. I mean, we have billions of dollars left in the state's coffers. We tried an across-the-board tax cut. Governor Evers said no. We tried one focus on the middle class. He said no to that. So it just seems like he wants the money to grow the size of government, which is never going to happen. So maybe it stays in the state's checkbook. But uh, we're going to come back in 2024. We're going to come up with another tax cut uh, that we think we will actually be able to get across the finish line. So uh, that, that is... That ranks your, as your biggest disappointment, maybe? Yeah, I mean, that's one. Number two, I would say disappointment was all the workforce reforms that we wanted to say that if people are on benefits, we want to give them a limited amount of time to get back in the workforce. We are so short of workers in every part of Wisconsin, in every industry, in every field um, that I thought it would make sense for us to try to push a little people um, to get off the sidelines and get back into the workforce. But Governor Evers vetoed that. So we we did have some that got through the assembly, but are still awaiting action in the Senate. Um, I I think we need to have um, the -the over-the-counter access to birth control. Uh, That, of course, got through the assembly in a very strong fashion. We'd love to get it through the Senate because we all should focus on less abortions. I think that'd be positive. Uh, we also had the opportunity for the Monday count bill. So we see Monday process where they don't, I shouldn't say count, Monday process bill, absentee. where they actually will do the absentee so we don't have a midnight ballot dump. 
Um, I, I think we've done a lot that can get it over the finish line. It has been a busy year. It's been busy, yeah. So busier has. than prior years, would you uh, say? It seems that it's way. A, it seems in some ways, but I think we just had a lot of issues like the alcohol bill, which I didn't even mention yet. That was eight years of negotiations to get done. It just took a long time. Um, so some of these things, uh, that's the benefit of having people who've been around for a while. Uh, you don't give up after one session. You just keep coming back, figuring a way to get to yes, and that's where I hope we'll uh, end the session with. Lots to be proud of. Uh, I know you're coming off a win from last week as the Board of Regents reversed course and accepted a deal to roll back some diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. You're getting some national praise from mm -hmm. conservative thought leaders to say you're the first to kind of push back on DEI in a state with divided government. Can you explain to our viewers why conservatives are concerned about diversity, equity, inclusion? Well, let's start by defining what it is because sometimes people are confused. Um, People believe that DEI is a synonym for diversity, and it's not. Um, diversity is something that I think every Republican, every person that I know believes in. I want people based on their God-given abilities to be able to get the career, the job, the scholarship, the slot that they want, that they deserve. Uh, I want the smartest people, the most capable, the most able to apply and get every single position that they want in their life. That's what I think America should be all about. Hard work equals and uh, success. And DEI does not get people there. Is not that in my mind. And that's what I'm trying to get at. So DEI, division, um, exclusion, and indoctrination is how I really look at it is more focused on um, having a bunch of check marks that people meet. So we just saw a recent story of IBM where we had a manager who was videotaped saying, you're promoting too many people who are Asian. We, we are only gonna give raises if you promote enough people based on their race. Uh, we don't wanna hire people who are white. We need to hire more people who are X, Y, or Z. That, to me, sounds an awful like the reverse of 1950s Alabama. Can you imagine? I mean, I think it was horrific in our history that we had redlining where people couldn't buy a house because of their race, that you wouldn't hire somebody simply because they were a woman even though they were the most qualified. Those were wrong, and we should never repeat them going forward. What it seems like DEI is focused on is saying you can only get the job if you're the right race. You can only get into college if you write the essay according to what I think the worldview should be, not what you think it should be. Well, some Wisconsin businesses say that their, their DEI efforts are helpful in their workforce recruitment, that they are trying to get a more diverse employee in the And dorm. again, if it's about diversity, I think we're agreed on that. So I it's think how the, you define DEI. Yeah, I think the problem is the left thinks that DEI, which is really the indoctrination, the um, exclusion of people who don't agree with you, saying that it's more important what your race is than what your qualifications are, I think no business wants that, or at least except for this IBM. Unfortunately, it's becoming what's happening. So we need to all fight back against that. I want diversity. I mean, if the best qualified person is gay or Hispanic or white or female or a male, who cares? The best person should get the job. But Remember, Martin Luther King said he longed for a colorblind society where the content of your character was more important than the color of your skin. How did we come so far from Martin Luther's vision that now the color of your skin for a lot of people is more important than how well you do with the job or how smart you are? Uh, one of the things that I'm most uh, proud of in our DEI deal is that you know, in the 1940s and 50s, we started standardized testing with the ACT and the SAT because race was a criteria to get into college. You couldn't get in if you were a woman. Well, they started to do standardized testing so the best qualified person would be who was admitted. We now have ACT testing in every high school in the state because we know giving people a chance is the most important leg up we can do. Well, 
COVID ended that. The university ended it. They don't want to put it back in, which I think is a travesty. But um, we did do something where we say if you're in the top 5% of your graduating class, uh, the top 10% for any campus but Madison, you're going to have an automatic admission. Well, every Democrat voted no on that. Why would you not want to say that the smartest kids who've done well have an automatic chance to stay in Wisconsin as opposed to going to Iowa, Illinois, Harvard, Penn, wherever else it would be? That seems to me to be ludicrous. So I feel like sometimes the idea of what the race of the people is is so much more important to people on the left than the quality of the person or the qualifications or the smarts. So I think this is just common sense where most Wisconsinites are. You said uh, when the, when that deal was reached that this is the beginning, um, yeah. eliminating DEI yesterday. You said again, there'll be an in-depth review of DEI efforts across state agencies. Mm-hmm. What, what will that look like? So I'd like to have a complete audit of DEI practices in every agency from top to bottom. Now, we are so desperate for prison guards. I have a feeling that inside the Department of Corrections, they are not using a DEI statement in order to become a prison guard, right? When you we say just audit, need people. you mean audit bureau? Yeah, audit, audit bureau. That's what we'd like, yeah. And, and very in-depth, long. It's going to take time to go through all of them. There might be some agencies that are doing things great to diversify the workforce. That's something we want to emulate. There might be others who are using quotas or um, these diversity statements and all the kind of gobbledygook that the left is dreaming up with DEI. Well, those we have to stop. So I want to be smart about it. I want to do a systematic review, go through everything, put together a very comprehensive audit that's presented to the legislature by uh, January of 2025. So it's going to start right away in 2024. We've got to walk it through, but that's my hope that we can get that so that we have the ability to come back and say, here are things that we want to duplicate and here are things that we have to stop. We don't know what those are until we go through the whole process. 2024 is an elections year. Yeah. We know things will be heating up in January, figuratively, not yeah. literally. <laughs> um, what level of confidence do you think Republicans have currently in Wisconsin elections system? Well, we did. There were, there were three major things that we heard about the 2020 election. Uh, number one, that we had unmanned ballot drop boxes. The Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that those weren't legal, so those hopefully are off the system. Number two, we found that there was outside influences with Zuckerbucks where billionaires came in and tried to hire people to be partisans inside nonpartisan clerks' offices. We have a constitutional amendment on the ballot in April of 2024 so that will hopefully ban that. These are improving comments? Oh, yeah, these are all improving. They're all fixing up problems. And then the third thing that I heard an awful lot about was this midnight ballot dump, which by the Monday processing bill, we hope that everything will be done in the light of day. So by the time you go to bed on election night, people will know who the winner and the loser was. So, look, that doesn't solve every problem in some people's eyes, but it is a major step forward, again, in divided government, where we know we only have so many tools in the toolbox to be able to fix some of the problems. Now, the good thing is we went through 2022 where John Leiber won for state treasurer and Josh Call won for attorney general. Tony Evers was re-elected governor and Ron Johnson was re-elected as U.S. Senator. I didn't hear a lot of complaining about 2022 because we had some of those reforms already in place. We had thousands of poll watchers and poll workers to guarantee that they watched what happened. So I hope that the 24 election cycle is similar to what happened in 2022, where we can focus on the outcome of the election and making sure the process is fair and we don't have all the folks who are worried about what occurred in 2020 being repeated. Some members of your caucus are remain concerned about the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Sure. They are, have introduced a bill saying shut down WEC and move all oversight of elections to the Secretary of State's office. Do you have confidence in the Wisconsin Elections Commission? Well, first of all, that bill is an awful idea. Um, There are basically three ways to run elections. You can have a partisan elected official, you can have a partisan board, or you can have a nonpartisan board. 
We tried a nonpartisan board, but I think what we can realize is that no one is nonpartisan. Everybody has a bias, so that was just fooling people into thinking that somehow it was not biased. I don't think that the idea of having a partisan elected official where I wouldn't want to put Democrats in charge thinking that they're going to somehow be fair to Republicans. I just don't believe it. And frankly, if Republicans were in charge, I'm not all sure that they would be totally fair to Democrats, right? Because the will to win is so strong, which is why the system that we have, half Republican, half Democrat, is probably the best of the worst so options WEC that we have. WEC is working. Uh, it's not working perfectly, but I think it's the best of the three bad options that we have, which is why if there are ways to improve it, I'm certainly open to hearing what those are, but guaranteeing that you have to have consensus is what it should be. Now, remember, in the original law, if they couldn't reach consensus, it was supposed to be the decision of the clerk, which is where the statute really lies. Somehow we have this idea that Megan Wolf gets to make the decision if the commission can't reach a consensus. That is not what the law intended, and that is not what should be happening. It should be the clerks at the local level making their own decision based on the statute. So that's the part of the law that I wish we could fix to clarify and well, actually, it's already in the law, but to make sure that it's clearly understood that the commission, if they don't reach consensus, it is no recommendation. It doesn't mean that the staff gets to decide because the commission can't find is a consensus. Is that something that you will propose legislation for in 2024? I don't think Tony Evers would sign it, um, and that's the problem that we have. He, he, he kind of likes the current system, which has problems, but the idea that we're going to pick a different person well, let's say that you know there are some who want to impeach Megan Wolf. Look, out of the six million people in Wisconsin, I am confident that there is somebody who is better able to do the job and give more confidence to the people of Wisconsin than Megan Wolf. Um, well, there's a resolution that wants her to be impeached. Yep. Do you? Well, there's agree? two now. Uh, another oh. one was introduced today. Well, so, do you agree with the charges in that resolution, or is that resolution not going anywhere? Uh, first of all, you know, some pe somebody thought that they could pressure me to refer it. Well, my job as the speaker is to refer bills, so. It's not like there was some big victory because I referred the bill. It's in That's a committee my job. now. It's we'll, in a committee. Will it get a hearing? Uh, well, first of all, there are only five people who signed their name on it. That is not a majority of a committee. That's not a majority of the Republicans, much less a majority of the legislature. So I think there's no groundswell of people who say that we're going to replace Megan Wolf, who frankly, as I said, I think there are other people who could do a better job with another person who's chosen, because don't forget, there's a lawsuit in Dane County that says that we can't replace the person, so it would sit vacant. Okay, well, we need to have somebody who runs the agency, which is in charge of having the, the, uh, a contentious presidential election. So I just think we have a series of bad decisions um, that we kind of have a system that we know. It worked better in 2022. I would rather have us focus on going forward and not being obsessed with the past. And we have taken actions on everything from drop boxes to the Zuckerbucks to making sure that we have uh, no midnight ballot dumps. Those are all improvements, and let's see how it works in 2024. Well, let's talk about 2024. Looking forward, I'd like to get your thoughts on some legislation sure. that's kind of in the hopper. The right of first refusal mm -hmm. bill. So that bill would give Wisconsin utilities first dibs on owning, maintaining transition uh, transmission lines. Uh, it's a priority for Senator uh, Devin Lemahieu, mm -hmm. the majority leader over in the Senate. Uh, when that bill came out of Assembly Committee, there was kind of mixed reviews. Some of your members said that it needed some tweaking. Do you support that bill? Are you hearing concerns or do you expect it to move forward? In general, I support the bill. I mean, I'm always open to improving it if there are things that can make the bill stronger. So I, I don't want to say it's the perfect bill that we have right now. So I, I'm certainly open to making it better. Um, but just the idea of saying that we want to guarantee that, uh, you know, Wisconsin formed ATC uh, over 20 years ago. Uh, it was something that helped to reduce the cost, improve the service, and guaranteed reliability. We have a good system here. If the bill says that we get to have something that is 
hopefully the same or lower price than bidding it out and having it become an out-of-state contractor who ends up giving it to us anyways and then adds on a fee and all those other things. Why would we not want to do that? So I don't see a lot of, a lot of downsides. It still has competitive bidding in it. It guarantees that we have good, reliable electricity. Uh, I think it's a win. So I think Senator Lemmy, he was right. I know it's one of his top priorities. Hopefully we can get it over the finish line. Uh, Wisconsin could miss out on $79 million in federal funds uh, for EV charging station infrastructure if it doesn't pass legislation by March that would allow billing by kilowatt hour, which is currently not allowed mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. Senator Mark Klein, Representative Vandermeer's bill, would allow private businesses, for instance, like Quick Trip, to own and operate electric vehicle charging stations without being regulated as utility. Is that a bill you support? Or? I am open to that idea because we do have to figure a way for the private sector to be able to help with this program. Now, I will say at the same time that I think the federal government, no surprise, made a humongous error in the way that they pass this. I think if you would have had consensus around the country to do some kind of a requirement for hybrids, right, where you could still have gasoline, but it would be much higher mileage, it would be more battery focused, most people would look at that and say that's a win. The idea that we're going to spend hundreds of billions of dollars on electric charging stations, that's kind of like, would we go around and build gas stations everywhere when the gasoline vehicle was invented? No, the private sector did that. It wasn't the government that paid for everything. So I don't like the idea of us using tax dollars to build these charging stations. That's a function of the private sector if it's going to work. Um, I, I, am a, I am dubious of that, but I am more than happy that if the private sector wants to build something and charge it by kilowatt hour, I have no problem with that. Um, the GOP was vocal this session about the need to pass bills related to transgender youth, mm -hmm. transgender athletes. Uh, you knew the governor would veto those bills. Democrats say this is just about igniting culture wars. Can you explain why passing those bills was important for your caucus? Well, first of all, it's not about igniting culture wars. I mean, that, that's what's being done by the left. Um, look. I think that as free Americans, people have the right to make decisions that I fundamentally disagree with as adults, right? I don't have a tattoo. If other people want to get tattoos, more power to you, right? But the government shouldn't be paying for it. And the government shouldn't be subsidizing it. If you want to get LASIK eye surgery, that's your right to get it, but I'm not going to say that the government's going to pay for it, that we're going to mandate that somebody has to do that. I feel the same way about um, you know being a transgender person. I, I, I don't understand it. I think it is focused on a whole lot of things that, that probably are things that I don't understand and never will. But as an adult in America, if you want to pay for that surgery and you want to do it to yourself, I think you have a right to do that. But we don't let kids drive. We don't let kids get a tattoo. We don't let kids make decisions for themselves because they are not adults. They can't vote. How are we then saying that a 10-year-old can decide that they really don't want to be a boy, they want to be a girl? That, to me, is preposterous, and it should never be allowed to happen in America. So even though the governor was going to veto, it was just important it's just to the make wrong, a It's statement. the wrong thing. I mean, most people agree with us. There's a poll that just came out this week that said the overwhelming number of Wisconsinites agree with us to say that if you're going to compete in a sport, you should do it with the one that's your biological sex. If you're going to be a child, you should not be mutilated, even if your parents, out of guilt, think it's something that they want to try. It's not something to try. It's not something to, to subject kids to. So sometimes, even though the veto is going to come, we still have to do the right thing. Uh, governor Evers has to own that decision. And hopefully when we get a Republican governor, we can get it across the finish line like much of the country. 
Um, yesterday, the Governor Evers called on the legislature to release this $125 million that's been set aside for PFAS remediation. He says that money was passed in the budget, was agreed to six months ago, that it's urgent, and it's, that money is being obstructed by Republicans. Do you think that getting PFAS money out to communities that are affected by water contamination is an urgent issue? Will that money be released early? Well, here, here's the irony, Lisa. So, you know, Governor Evers, who is really an absentee governor, he spends almost no time in the Capitol. He meets with hardly anybody to try to craft bills. If you look at everything that we did, the housing bill, literacy, the alcohol bill, the Brewer Stadium, I can go down a long list. He wasn't even involved. Now, yes, at the end, he put his signature on it, so he deserved credit for the 10 seconds it took to sign his name. But he wasn't engaged in the hard work of finding a compromise. This is no different. Um, PFAS is a serious problem. We put the money in the budget knowing that we were going to pass legislation that would actually have the details in the bill to be able to put the money out to communities. I think Senator Wimberger and Senator Coles have really taken the lead in the Senate. It's in the Assembly now. We are looking at the bill. It'll come up in the January session. But instead of putting out uh, an empty press release uh, asking Republicans to do what we've already said we would, how about maybe making a call? How about setting up a meeting? How, how about talking to somebody? He's just not very good at that. So, yes, we will get to it. Yes, it's important. But we have to go through the legislative process to make sure we get it right, uh, unlike what he seems to do, which is to just take a couple-sentence press release and say that's a win. Yeah, he pretty much says that the bill that's currently moving is destined to veto because it hamstrings the DNR. Well, that would be a shame. I guess maybe then he should engage in the process and not just put out empty press releases. And give you a call to tr find a different Or, or set up avenue. a meeting or, or, or do something. I mean... How about come to the Capitol? How, 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 about, how about engage in the process? But again, he has to work in the way that he thinks is best. Uh, I, can't, I can't micromanage him. So I've been asking you about different bills that are kind of already in the hopper. What, what is on your legislative priority list for 2024? Is there anything we haven't talked about? Yeah, so here's what I think will occur in the spring session. We have our speaker's task force bills. Uh, I think those are very mm -hmm. important. We will have medical marijuana. A bill will be out in January of 2024. Will that look different than what people have seen before? It will. Um, we have had a working group of Assembly Republicans that have been working on this for six months uh, to try to make sure we have a bill that can get through our caucus. Because unfortunately, we know from our Democratic colleagues that unless we do full recreational marijuana, they're a no. You're not going to count on, be able to count on any we Democrats. We can't, because they want full recreational marijuana, which is never going to happen in Wisconsin. So we already have too many drugs. So will be very narrow yes. on medical marijuana? It'll be very narrow. I mean, Again, if you look at something, it's not the same, but it's similar. Uh, what happened in Minnesota, they had about 40,000 people who had medical conditions that qualified. Our process is very similar. There's not going to be um, dispensaries on every corner. There's not going to be you know, wide access to it because it's a drug. Prescription under certain conditions? Uh, it wouldn't be a prescription, but I, I won't get into all the details. That'll come out in January. Um, but you will see that I hope we have a consensus in our caucus that we can actually move the bill forward. Sometimes it takes a while to get it done, but that'll be something that occurs in January. Medical marijuana. Yep. Uh, number two, we have all of our UW reforms. So you will see a series of stuff on the buildings, on reciprocity, on what occurs with our tuition guarantee where people have the ability to say in the top 5% they get admission. So All of those things that all, were in the deal yep, with the regions. All those will happen. Um, I think my hope would be that we have some kind of a discussion about finding a consensus on abortion. Um, it is a topic where 
you know, I don't think we need to spend the next 50 years arguing about what the position on abortion should be so that every single election, every single campaign only focuses on abortion. It's not healthy for our democracy. There's a lot of topics to talk about you besides the one. there's something that the governor would sign on that, or is that similar to the transgender? No, here's what I think. Um, so I don't think law should be made by a court. I think it was wrong to do Roe versus Wade. I think it was wrong that we had to have the Dobbs decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. I think it's wrong that the legislature should be the place that laws happen. That's what our republic intended to have happen when it was founded. So in Europe, as an example, they have found a consensus that in France, I think abortions are allowed up to 14 weeks. In most of Europe, it's up to 12 weeks. We're at 20 weeks right now in Wisconsin. That's too much. It's outside the norm. Why wouldn't we try to find a consensus to say, look, I'd prefer to have no abortions. That's my position. Other people want to have abortion up until the birth canal of the baby coming out. I think that's just as wrong. So why don't we try to have something in the middle where we can send it to the people and let them decide by a referendum per the request of Senator Johnson to say, let's see where people are and let's call this issue to say, let's take it off the table for a while. Also, maybe a referendum resolution. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, at least try to have the people be involved so they'd be the ones who ultimately get to make the decision. So if it's good enough for most of Europe, if it's good enough to be able to say they found a consensus, I think we should be able to do the same thing. Now, my fear is that Democrats want to be able to have this political issue forever by scaring voters just like they do with Republicans on Social Security. They want to push granny off the cliff. That, that's not true. It hasn't been for the last 50 years, but they still continue to lie. I have a feeling that no matter what we do, they are going to try to say that somehow we are out of touch, that we don't have sympathy to try to find a consensus in the middle on abortion. My hope is we can. So that's another task that I'm going to try. I don't know if it'll be successful, but we're going to try. Um, talking a little bit about the Supreme Court, everyone's waiting for the response on that redistricting case. No, 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 no. Lisa, we already know what the response is. So you're a betting person. You're going to have new maps in 2024? Oh, Lisa, she already prejudged the case. So this idea that somehow we're waiting for what's going to happen, she told everybody. She did something that is totally unprecedented and, frankly, probably does something that's close to breaking our republic, which so is to say that I'm going to prejudge cases, which is what she did. So you're saying 2024 there'll be new maps? Yes. Do you think that, uh, that each one or both chambers could flip? I have no idea. I mean... If, Are you if, concerned about that? Uh, I am. I mean, I think there is very, very remote chance we're going to flip the assembly. Um, the Senate, I'll let Senator Lemahieu comment on that. But look, let's just take one example. The court has drawn maps when Republicans have won the majority in the 90s, in the 2000s, we've won majorities in the 10s, and now in the 20s. That's been under all different scenarios. So a court's going to draw a map as long as it's not some kind of a pizza pie, Illinois-style, crazy gerrymander. We're going to be in the majority because we have been under almost every scenario. Don't forget, the Democrats admitted in their court filings that because of the geography of Wisconsin, we have a natural advantage. Um, in 2018, which was a Democrat wave year, Governor Evers beat Governor Walker. We had Tammy Baldwin get reelected. Fourteen assembly seats that were won by an assembly Republican were also carried by Tammy Baldwin. If the same people who voted for Tammy Baldwin would have voted for an Assembly Democrat, they would have been in the majority and they would have been in charge. So we have ticket splitters. That's what's going to keep happening in Wisconsin. They need to recruit better candidates and maybe don't focus mostly on crazy stuff that only Madison people support. You uh, foreshadowed that if the maps are redrawn that this would go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Possible, yeah, depending do, on what are, happens. Do you think that there'll be an appeal? That would, Do you expect the U.S. Supreme Court to have the last word? It's certainly possible. That's what's happened in almost every other scenario. On what grounds would it be appealed? I don't, I don't know yet. I'm not a lawyer. But I mean, I, I look at this and say, well, when they did the Supreme Court uh, of Wisconsin, 
Wisconsin did it last time. They screwed up, and the U.S. Supreme Court had to fix it. Um, we saw that that happened in 2010, where they had um, certain districts that had to be redrawn because of the Hispanic influence. So it's pretty common for the U.S. Supreme Court to have the last word, but I guess we'll see what happens as we go forward. Do you think the court will take that Act 10 case? Do you expect Act 10 to potentially be overturned? Oh, I, I, I do not know. I mean, that's another one of those. It is such subtle law. I mean, Supreme Court has found it. Court of Appeals has found it. Circuit courts have found it. The U.S. courts have found it. Federal courts. I, I can't imagine we're going to go back and act like a super legislature on every topic. My prayer is that we don't do that because that will totally undermine, as I said, the fabric of our republic. It's supposed to be the legislature proposes, the governor decides whether or not it's the law, and then he executes it or she executes it. Then the court plays the referee when there's a difference between the branches or the people. They don't make law. They're not supposed to say, I just don't like that law, which is unfortunately what many on the left have tried to do. Don't forget, almost every one of these lawsuits that's been filed has been the left trying to overturn a duly enacted law signed by the governor, passed by the legislature. So. If we now have a super legislature in the Supreme Court, that breaks our system, and that's the last thing I want for America. We started out our conversation talking about what a busy year mm -hmm. 2023 has been. What do you think will be energizing you in the Capitol in 2024? What gives you energy? Oh, boy. Well, we're going to go through this process. I mean, I like to get things done. We had so many good successes in 2023. A lot of issues, that, I mean, take an example of the alcohol bill. I've been working on that for eight years to try to find a consensus, and we finally did in a strong bipartisan way. That's great, right? When you can make progress. We did shared revenue. I've been working on that for oh, almost a decade, right, to be able to have some kind of a consensus, and we found one. Are there any issues like that that you see moving in 2024, like that have been sitting for a long well, medicinal time? Medicinal marijuana is one. Um, it's taken me a long time to work on getting this consensus together, and I feel like we finally have it. So I would love for that to be one to get across the finish line. This tax reform, I mean, having billions of dollars in the state's checkbook when people are struggling with the cost of food, what's uh, the price of a house, uh, having to be able to afford rent. Why would we want to keep that money in Madison? We can send it back to the people. So my hope is that we actually accomplish that and that Governor Evers stays true to his word. He told people when he ran for re-election he supported a tax cut. Now we'll see if he actually does. You have the impressive status of being the longest-serving Assembly Speaker in state history. Have you ever, 20 years now. Yeah, yeah. But only 10 years in office. Well, 20 years in office. Okay, we won't, we won't yeah. age you that way. Have you ever <laughs> thought about doing anything different, either inside or outside of politics? Oh, yeah. I mean, don't forget, I have been super blessed that um, we have a very successful company. So um, we have gone from a couple employees when I bought it to now almost 100 people who I work with. That is fantastic, right? So I have been offered other things to do, but um, I really enjoy this job. I really enjoy the chance to get to make a difference, to be able to bring people together, to find that consensus, and to make sure that, frankly, Wisconsin stays in the center lane, uh, as opposed to what I fear would happen if the Democrats win, like in Minnesota, Michigan, or Illinois, where they go to the far left ditch, and then Wisconsin ends up uh, for the worse. Well, that will be the final word. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. You're this welcome year. again. Merry Christmas, and I hope all the listeners have a happy holiday. And Merry Christmas to you as well. Thanks. Thank you to our viewers. Be sure to tune in again as we highlight the issues and sit down with the decision makers who make a difference for all of us. You have been watching a production of Wisconsin Eye, your unfiltered window into legislative deliberations and public policy programming, where our mission is to provide Wisconsinites an opportunity to access the legislative process and connect with conversations that inform our citizenry. Please consider supporting our mission, and thank you for watching. Wisconsin Eye, policy made public.